It's time for Defending the Faith with Pastor Kenny Word of Gospel Lighthouse Church in Bossier City. Defending the Faith uses foundational principles, fundamental teachings, and faithful preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to influence the world and strengthen believers in their daily walk. And now, here's Pastor Kenny Word. 1 Peter chapter 5. So what we're going to do tonight is we're actually going to pick up another component of uh, what we were ministering on this morning. So we're going to uh, just continue in and, and dig a little bit deeper. Uh, by the way, our sermon notes, if you uh, for Sunday morning at least, our sermon notes are in the little hallway, a uh, piece of paper. Um, if you would like to, if you haven't been here on some Wednesday nights, you need to grab those because our Sunday morning notes are right there. Um, and I pray it'll be a blessing to you. And by the way, you should be here on Wednesday nights. So... All right, let's go ahead and pray and then we're going to get started. Lord God, we thank you for this opportunity to open up our Bibles. Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to come before you and receive from you. Lord, I pray tonight that you would minister to each and every heart that is here. Father, we just declare right now, we're going to lay aside our worries. We're going to lay aside things that we could be thinking of. And Lord, we just declare we want to draw near to you. Father, we want you to speak into our lives. And Father, we pray that you would meet us here tonight. I'm asking for your anointing to preach and teach this message as you desire. And Lord, we pray tonight that you would anoint our hearts and our ears to receive what you have for us. Lord, we're asking that you would move tonight. Father, we pray that you would meet us tonight. Lord, we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. In 1 Peter chapter 5, one of the verses that we were camping out on previously is verse 8. The Bible says here, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. In other words, you're not going through something that no one else has had to go through. And that's supposed to bring us comfort. <laughs> sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. Because when we're in the middle of the storm, it's still a storm. Amen? But the part that gives you comfort is when you know that the same storm you're in, Jesus has got people through. That's what brings the comfort. Is that most often people have gone through worse things than we've had to go through, and yet Jesus has calmed the raging sea in all those circumstances. Amen. Amen? But here, the part I want to look at tonight, it says be sober and be vigilant. One of the biggest problems that we have as believers is sobriety. And I don't mean that you get drunk during church, and I don't necessarily mean you get drunk at home. You shouldn't. But I'm talking spiritually, sober, that you have some sobriety about you spiritually, that you are able to discern and see what's going on in a spiritual level. Of course, when Peter's writing this, he's talking about soberness, of course, with alcohol. But that is only symbolic of being drunk on the world or being drunk on sin or being drunk on self-centeredness. And so whenever he's talking here in this passage to be sober and to be vigilant, one of the things, the words that we need to heed is that we are aware and maintain a right heart with God. Whenever God's dealing with us, we need to be aware of what's going on. 
Amen? Amen. One of the biggest problems that we have um, is self-centeredness or being self-absorbed as believers where everything is about us. Uh, it's no, uh, no coincidence why the number one Christian bestseller of the past 10 years is your best life now. Because everybody wants their best life now. That's what everybody wants, and so if you write a book about it, that's what everybody's going to buy. But the Bible says that we should be sober, meaning that we should refrain from indulging ourselves, and we should be aware of what God is doing spiritually and our condition before God spiritually. See, here we, we see God moving through Peter to speak to us that we should always be cautious of what's going on spiritually. Amen? Amen. Soberness here in this passage, it, it represents being awake and aware, not impaired. It's kind of redundant to say that, but you see, whenever you begin to have the cares of life, if you notice verse 7 talked about cares, it, whenever you begin to allow the cares of life, whether they be minister, ministry or whether they be in your, just work or clothes or houses or food or whatever, but the cares of life will intoxicate you to the point where you're not aware of what's going on. It will impair your vision spiritually. It will impair your vision spiritually. When, when you begin to get consumed with this, that, or the other, and not God, your vision is impaired. Amen? Your driving force should be to draw closer to God. That should be the driving force of every person in this room, every person listening to this sermon. The driving force of your heart should be going closer to God. Draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh to you. Yesterday don't matter. You had a great time yesterday? You had a great time ten years ago? Oh yeah, I went to the altar, God poured. What about today? You see, every single one of us need to tend to our hearts before God. And it's not God's responsibility. The Bible says you draw near to God, and then God will draw near to you. Amen. God's already drawn near to you by giving you the Son. And it's up to you and me to respond. But if we're too self-absorbed and worried about our lives and what's going on in us, what's happening on our favorite TV shows and all this, that, and the other, it's not God's fault. We only got ourselves to blame. And so tonight I want to talk to you about something, uh, one of the most critical issues um, in, in, in our lives is when we see a wrong, we have a choice to make. You see, the Bible, uh, Jesus describes the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, um, as bringing conviction. He will convict the world of sin. Amen? The Holy Spirit is a convictor of sin. In other words, when you're wrong, the Holy Spirit will let you know. Amen. I remember listening to a, a, a minister talk about um, when his brother got saved, he was uh, just powerfully saved, but he, he, had a, um, he had a dance he had orchestrated, and he had all these, this was years ago, right? But he had these people coming to this dance, and, and the minister that you know, he got saved under, he said, um, thank you, you know, for leading me to the Lord and all this stuff. But he said, you know, I got a, a dance that I orchestrated. All my friends are coming, but I, you know, I want to see you later. And he said, well, I'm leaving town tomorrow. If you want to talk to me more about the Lord, you're going to have to not go to your dance. And he said, well, I've been planning this for like months, and all my friends are coming. And he said, well, the choice is yours, you know, do what you need to do. And so he said, 
this guy goes to his dance. And everybody's, you know, doing what they do at these places. They're smoking and drinking and carrying on. And he, he's not entertained by it. He's kind of looking dis- distant. Like, I, sh- I really don't belong here. I probably shouldn't be here. Why am I here? And he said, one of his friends said, well, don't you want to drink or don't you want to smoke? And he said, no, not really. And he said, well, why are you here? And he said, I don't know. He said, I... I, I think I shouldn't be here. And so he left and he went back to where this church was, where the, the minister was about to leave the next day. And he went back and the minister said, I didn't think it would take you that long to get back. <laughs> and he said, well, why did you let me leave? Why didn't you tell me not to go to this dance? And he said, son, because I'm not your Holy Spirit. Amen. He, said, I was show- if, he said, if I would have told you not to go, you would have said that I told you not to go. But when you went and the Holy Spirit talked to your heart, He said, I knew if you were truly born again, the Holy Spirit would have convicted you. Amen? You see, the Holy Spirit, what I'm trying to get across to you is that the Holy Spirit is the one that convicts. The Holy Spirit is the one that lets you know when something's wrong. Amen? Don't try to justify it. The Holy Spirit's dealing with you. You need to deal with it. See, one of the problems about being sober is that you're aware when you've messed up. Amen? That's when, you, when you're aware that you've messed up. You know, if you, if you do this too much and it begins to impair your vision, the way that you stay sober is to quit doing that. Amen? It's to always monitor, are you daily growing closer to the Lord? And that's a question that I'm asking you. Are you daily growing closer to the Lord? Or are you hanging on by a fragment of what happened yesterday? And every single one of us has to answer that question. God hasn't changed. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if somebody in this room has changed, we know who it hasn't changed, and that's God. So if somebody in here is not where they used to be with God, it's not God's fault. God's still waiting on you. And I want to show you tonight that a lot of times what we do, and just like I was telling you this story about this guy that went to this dance, we know when we're being convicted of doing wrong, but we just keep doing it. Right? You know, we justify ourselves against other people. Well, God didn't make anybody else leave the dance. Well, I heard brother so-and-so went to a dance a few years ago, so what is it, you know, why can't I do it? If they can do it, why can't I do it? One of my favorite uh, sayings, Leonard Ravenhill said, he said, others may can do it, but you can't. If God's dealing with you, you can't. Others might be able to go do all kinds of stuff, but you can't. If God's dealing with you, obey God. Other people might be able to go here, there, and everywhere else. But if God is dealing with your heart, you better listen to God. You want to carry on with God? You want to go deeper with God? That's what you got to do. You see, the thing is, is God is not a, God is, is it's not like there's a, an instruction and you just do what the instruction is. God is after your heart. And God's looking for people to obey from the heart. God's looking for people that hunger and thirst for righteousness. And He's looking to see if your heart is a heart of flesh or a heart of stone. Heart of flesh or a heart of stone. You know, one of our biggest problems as believers 
is inattentiveness. This, this message truly, it, you can sum it up in one word about being sober. It's called indolence. Indolence. It is when you're unresponsive. If you are unresponsive to God, you will grow stagnant and cold in your walk with God. If you are indolent, if you are unresponsive to God, where you're at today is probably the best you could ever imagine if you're indolent and unresponsive. People who are nonchalant about God or joke about God and, and carry on in front of God and all this kind of stuff and, and never reverence God, never see God as holy, never see God for who He is, those people will never go further than where they are. And, and it is all about how you view things, how you view things, how you view them. Never forget, just like I was talking about, you know, earlier, there, there's times when, when, you know, somebody may be at an altar just, I mean, pouring their heart out. God, deliver me. I am such a wretch. Lord, I need your help. Help me, God. And then people, uh, you know, behind them are cutting up, telling jokes, watching ball games on their phone and carrying on. And you got somebody down there just laying it on the line before God. I've seen this stuff happen before. In fact, the sad reality is, you know, one of the main places I cut my teeth at was preaching in, in, in um, a rescue mission and in prisons. Actually, wherever they let me, I went. But in prisons, I expect that. I mean, I lay my hands on and pray with people about issues and troubles and whatever's weighing them down. I expect the other 75 people in the room to be carrying on, joking, not in a church. Amen. We should be rooting for each other. Amen. We should be spiritually aware of what's going on. Oh God, hear them, Lord. Break through. Break those chains of bondage. Amen? Amen. I thank God that people prayed with me. There's times I had to pray on my own, I know. But I thank God there was times that people came beside me and fought with me in prayer. Amen? Amen. But see, it, it, when, when, when God brings an issue to us, it's up to us whether we're going to respond. And how you respond means all the world. See, God is, is, is forgiving and God is merciful, but God is also just. If you stay in your sins, it's going to have to be dealt with harshly. But if you'll get it right with God, God will extend mercy to you. Amen. So today, we still have an opportunity to get this right. You can go deeper today than you've ever been in your life with God. Amen. Or we can just be nonchalant and casual about it. One of the, the greatest gifts that God has given the church, the greatest gift, is the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit is your comforter, your guide, your teacher. It says that He's the Spirit of truth. You see, I can run across the situation and I may not see in the Bible exactly verbatim what my situation is, but because I'm born again, I've been sealed with the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of truth resides in me. And He will lead me into all truth. He will tell me, son, you don't need to go there. You don't need to go there. You certainly don't need to do that. And you better be doing this. And see, the Spirit of truth will guide you throughout your life. 
But if we're not sober, if we're not sober, we're not going to pay attention to the spirit of truth. You agree with that statement? Amen. So we're talking about spiritual sobriety and not listening or obeying the spirit of truth. Now look, if we laid it on a piece of paper and said, will you obey God? Everybody will sign it. Push comes to shove when you find yourself in something that your flesh likes. And the Holy Spirit says, mm, I don't think so. You got to make a choice whether you're going to continue on with God or continue on with self. And if you're not spiritually sober, you will go down the road. And, and, and it, is, it is a long, lonely, tiring road. See, God, in the Spirit of God, He brings refreshing. He brings peace. He brings fullness of joy. It's in His presence. But we will cut ourselves off from the fullness of joy for a moment of pleasure. We all know if we pray more, more prayer, we'll go deeper in God, but yet everybody finds other stuff to do. Let me show you something in Proverbs chapter 28. Proverbs chapter 28. I, I want to show you this passage because this reason. When the Spirit of truth, if you're born again, and the Spirit of truth is dealing with you on an issue, if you listen to me preach very long, you know, I believe the issue is you. Amen. Most of the time. But if the Spirit of truth is dealing with you on an issue, be like the story I told about this guy that was, had this dance planned. Well, there's not an exact verbatim verse in the Bible, but the Spirit of truth's there. Right? But the word that I believe God wants to get across to us is that we should be vigilant about staying sober. You should do everything that you can do to stay spiritually aware of what's going on and keep yourself from becoming impaired. L listen, it is almost like in the Christian world there are zombies. It's almost like that in the Christian world. People, Christians in name only walk around without the Spirit of God moving in their life, without the joy of the Lord. I mean, if anybody on earth should have joy, it should be believers. Amen. We, we always pray for the persecuted church, but you know what? I hear all the time the persecuted church prays for you. I'll never forget hearing that. A missionary from China. China's underground. If they find out you got a church in China, they put you in jail. This missionary from China came over to America. He was going to thank them for all their prayers and all that they've done. And, and they had worship and he watched everything going on. And he got up to speak. And he said, I came over here to America to thank you for praying for us. But I fear we should be the ones praying for you. A lifeless corpse. We, we, we are programmed by the world. It's got us under His thumb. 
were impaired by and large. In other words, where's the pulse of the church? Where's the life? Where's the pulse at? I believe it's because we've allowed ourselves to get drunk on the world. I believe it's because we've allowed ourselves to get drunk on our own lives, on our own self-absorption. About me, myself, and I. It's like, you know, God told Israel one time, He said, you know, they were all concerned about building their own houses and not concerned about God's house. They were becoming self-absorbed. God put holes in their pockets, basically. They had more money, but it didn't do more. You ever been there? Got all this money, but still the bills come faster than the money. God did it to them to get their attention because their heart wasn't right. Spiritually speaking, do you feel like that? Do you feel like there's a hole in your pocket spiritually? God's trying to get your attention, if so. God's trying to get a pulse back in the church in America. I mean, we have a godly heritage as the church in America. But the church, the enemy is trying to devour. We, we, we got enemies without and we've got enemies within. We got heresies popping inside the church. We've got enemies trying to tear us down from the outside. And all we do is sit there and click the clicker. And watch American Idol. I don't know if you watch that one. I just always pick on that one. The problem is, it's not because there's not a desire, it's because there's a lack of obedience. Everybody desires to be right. Everybody desires to have joy. Everybody desires to be like David or Daniel. Everybody desires to be like Peter or Paul. But nobody wants to pay the price. You want to be a great man or woman of God? There's a price to pay. One of the key ingredients is not absorbing yourself in your own life. You love your own life, you're going to lose it, Jesus said. You love your own life, if everything revolves around you, if everything revolves around your family, if everything revolves around your job, all this and all that, guess what? You love your life, you're going to lose it. God will put a hole in your pocket. You'll wonder why you are not got any joy. You'll wonder why you're not having any spiritual victory. And the whole time, God's dealing with you. But you just keep trudging on. There comes a point in time when we need to stop and get our house in order. There comes a point in time when we need to stop and maintain our hearts before God. Let God get the pulse going again. Like we sing in the night, how great thou art. We sing how great thou art. Man, we should be letting it fly. Because He is great. But a lot of times, we're so self-absorbed and so drunk on the world, it takes us half an hour before we get warmed up. I'll never forget somebody said, you know, we need to come in church, you know, on fire, ready to go. I'm like, we need to live that way. Amen. That's how we should walk. Amen. But see, it, it, it is about, it's not about you not messing up. It's not that. It's that when God shows you something, will you deal with it? That's what it's about. 
It's, it, I mean, God does. I think that God can bring you to a place where you walk sinless. I believe that. I believe God can do it. I never met anybody like that, but I believe God can do it. I do. I believe God can. Not many people are willing to, to walk like that. And here's the thing. It's not that we've messed up or missed the mark. It's how you deal with it when God brings an awareness to you. It's the same thing as temptation. You see, you can't stop bad thoughts from entering into your mind. The Bible calls them fiery darts from the enemy. You can't stop the enemy from launching fiery darts. But what you can do is take up the shield of faith and quench them. Or you can just lay your shield down and let him just keep pounding and keep... And every time a new one comes, you just think on it, dwell on it, and then pretty soon you'll act on it. Got to be proactive. Amen? Look in verse 13. This is Proverbs chapter 28, beginning in verse 13. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall. Everybody say shall. Shall have mercy. These two components I want to I want to touch on and I want to show you an example in just a second. God said that if you cover your sins, you will not prosper. Never heard a, a, a crook trying to cover his tracks. Amen? Amen. Do you know that people try to cover their tracks with God? Especially when they hadn't been living right, praying right, and doing right. We try to cover our tracks with empty service. Empty service. Cover our tracks with Martha-ness. Well, I know I hadn't been maintaining right. I know I hadn't been praying right. I know I hadn't been doing right. But Lord, I'll work it off. I will Martha this thing. God sees through that. God sees it as for what it is. Somebody covering, covering their tracks. But see, it says, if you confess and forsake them, you shall have mercy. Now, the word here, confess, you know, in, in the, now the, the, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, but in, in Greek, I love the construction of the word confess. The, the construction of it, it breaks down into Latin, but it means homo legaos. And, and it's good for you to know this because you've heard of what you've heard one of those words. You've heard both of those before. It's easy. It's a really good teaching tool. Confession in Greek it means homo legaos, and, and you know what homo means, right? I mean, I don't have to tell you that. It's two of the same thing. Two of the same thing. It basically means they're parallel, going in the same direction. Legaos is a form of logos, and you know what the logos is? It's the word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That Word is Logos. And so what it means is, you are homo logos. It means you are agreeing with the Word. That is simply put what confession means. It means you're saying, you're right, God. That's exactly right, Lord. 
You're not justifying yourself. You are agreeing, coming alongside, right there together with homo logos, homo logeos. That's what confession means. You know, you can have positive confession, right? I am the head and not the tail. You're, you're positive coming against it, right? Or you can say, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. That's a positive confession. But when things are wrong, we need to agree with God, right? Say, no, God, you're right. That's what confession means. So if, if the spirit of truth is revealing wrong, we need to say, you know what? You're right. If the spirit of truth says, you know you haven't been praying. You know what we need to do? Well, I've been busy. No, we need to go, you're right. You're right. That's what confession means. At its root, it is agreeing with God. So if the Spirit of truth is telling you you haven't been living right, maintaining right, praying right, praising right, looking at things right, studying right, then we need to just tell the Lord, you know what, Lord, you're right. I'm tired of putting on a show. Guess what? You're already at step two. He's like, that's right. I know it's not fun. When you think that you're doing right, but the Holy Spirit says you're not, I know it's not fun to agree with God, but it's the best thing you'll ever do. You have been listening to Defending the Faith with Pastor Kenny Word of Gospel Lighthouse Church in Bossier City. Defending the Faith uses foundational principles, fundamental teachings, and faithful preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to influence the world and strengthen believers in their daily walk. Gospel Lighthouse Church is located at 4350 Panther Drive in Bossier City. Go to churchlighthouse.com for more information. And please tune in again next time for Defending the Faith.